Hello and welcome to Green Pass Gaming's Thursday podcast, our first podcast of the year 2022. And oh my God, did the did the gaming gods give us a gift from heaven for us to, to open our first show of 2022 with. Um, apologies for obviously this being the first show of the year, it being the 20th of January already. So we're already nearly three weeks into January. It's our first show. And as uh, we messaged on Twitter and on our Discord channel, um, the weekends were starting to get a little bit tough, trying to squeeze it all in. Now everyone's back at work and we work hard and, and, and weekends are a, are a precious time for everyone. So um, we've kind of earned our weekends back, but we do endeavor to try and do this show during the week because we do love what we do somehow the community seem to really love what we do so we're going to put on a great show for everyone tonight uh, and without any further ado let's get straight into the, the welcoming the gpg crew back after their christmas break well-deserved christmas break and we'll start with you pucks and we'll go down the screen welcome my friend hope you had a good christmas what have you been up to yes hello chat um i'm doing very well thank you yeah it's been as you just said it's been a long time i think coming up to just a month uh, just over a month since we did our last uh year end show so yeah it's been a long time but really looking forward and really happy to be back um what have i been up to uh, uh working and gaming i think's been the most <laughs> the most of my time so far mm. i think most interestingly you might find uh i took advantage of a of an xbox store sale the other day and it was because my partner loves it she um loves the shemu games and the hd collection was going for Absolutely. about fiver for one and two and I'd never played them before. And so my partner and my cousin both played it together. He'd bring his Dreamcast around and they would play it. I never saw the appeal. Um, I say, bought it on sale and I've since jumped in. And now I'm kind of hooked on it, if I'm honest. So I've been playing that for last uh, for the last week, which is probably going to interest a number of people. But at the same time, I've also been dabbling in a number of new Game Pass uh, launches as well. I've played a little bit of Nobody Saves the World because that came out today as well. Because I played the demo and that came out about a month ago. And... I love that game as well. So cool. a good few things to, that I'm going to be dabbling in for the next couple of weeks, I think. Excellent. Well, you can't go wrong with Shenmue, Shenmue 1 and 2. I've still got the original double discs for my Dreamcast, um, all nicely boxed and everything. And uh, <clears throat> I suggest perhaps that once you finish Shenmue that you, you jump over to Yakuza Like a Dragon because it really reminded me of Shenmue. Uh, I, I really love that. And it's just the typical kind of whole Sega vibe going on. I love that. So, no, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Scott, welcome back to the show, my friend. After a couple of absences late last year, welcome back. I still, uh, You're still not overly chipper, aren't you? But you're with us. And, uh, yeah, what have you been up to, my friend? Yeah, it's it's good to finally be back, Flap. Missed the last couple, which I was good, especially the last show that you had. Um, I think you had Dutch and uh, Boxenberger on, didn't mm -hmm. you? That was a really, really good show as well. Um, yeah, not 100% after getting COVID. Um, so still suffering from sort of the, the after effects of that, but glad to be back on back on the show. I am going to say one thing, though. I'm really surprised Pucks is enjoying <laughs> Shenmue because I generally think that some of the most overrated games, I think. Really? Uh, uh, that every, oh, like I don't like Shenmue Three as well. Just looks absolutely dreadful. But I, I really wow. didn't get the appeal of the original Shenmue. I'm guessing uh, you didn't play it first time round. Yeah, yeah, I did. I oh, played, you did. I at the time. Wow. Yeah, I, I really don't get it. And the thing that I find so bizarre about that is, like, I think they've aged so badly as well. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad you're it, enjoying it, Pugs. Thing I, is, uh, I, it's things like, but, like it's I think, like. The the shoddy voice acting is what well, is the big thing. It's like, oh my god, like people love this, like, <laughs> like yeah. in the late nineties. But it's hilarious to go back to now. But I kind of got used to it. 
Yeah, I wonder. I wonder because it, I wonder now that I'm so far past it whether yeah. I would maybe enjoy for the comedy value alone going going back. But the weird thing is, is if, when I look at Shenmue Three, it seems like nothing's changed. It looks like it was released six months after. Yeah, Shenmue Two. It has a lot of the um, uh, how do I put it? The 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 old appeal maybe of the first mm. couple of games. So, um, but like Fox, I've been playing Nobody Save the World. Um, maybe a couple of hours into that, really, really enjoying that. Um, I've actually played quite a bit. Um, started playing Moonglow Bay. Um, oh, wow. I've just installed Hitman 3 today. That's just come out. I've installed Rainbow Six Extraction. Uh, see how that, how long that lasts on my hard drive. Maybe not too long. Um, <laughs> obviously, uh, an absolute boatload of Halo as well. So, yeah, it's it's been it's been fun over the past few weeks. Well, that's really cool. Well, uh, I, I'm surprised. I, I, I love Shenmue, but uh, perhaps it's a little more divisive than I realised. Look... Welcome to the show, my friend. Hope you had a good time off. Good Christmas. And uh, yeah, what have you been up to? And more importantly, what's your take on Shenmue? <laughs> um, yeah, very well, thanks. Um, yeah, I had a good break. Uh, that's, uh, the Shenmue question is quite loaded because I've, I've tried to give it a go a few times, um, hmm. but I've never never really like clicked with it. It's a bit oh. like the Yakuza games hmm. for me. Like, I, you know, and it, it doesn't seem too different from those on the outskirts that uh, I think Yakuza is probably a bit more modernized, but, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I haven't been playing Shenmue, uh, and I don't think I will be, um, <laughs> what have I been playing? A lot of Halo still multiplayer. Uh, I finished a campaign over Christmas, uh, Forza I've gone back to recently. So I had a bit of time off from that. Um, that's just great. Um, and I, I, it was the first, I got a new TV as well. Uh, and it was the first, I, I specifically went back to it because I was like, I, I need to see this like on this TV. And then every time I go back to it now, I'm just like, oh man, this game looks so great. <laughs> like this is such a fantastic <laughs> game. Um, and that's kind of got me back into it. So that's cool. Um, I played a bit of nobody saves the world as well, which is really cool. Really different. Um, uh, I really like the art style. It's kind of this quirky bizarre kind of crudely drawn almost uh, i think it's really cool um what else have we been playing a uh, bit, bit of death loop i'm really slow with that at the moment still mm. um i'm struggling a bit with it actually to get into it oh um okay. it's you know like i can tell it's good you know like when you when you play a game and you appreciate that it has quality but it mm. just isn't working for you yeah, yeah i think that's where i am and I, I i feel like um i might be able to get into it but more but yeah you've you've basically just moment, described so. all of the souls games for me <laughs> yeah yeah i think it's yeah it's 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 that kind of feeling isn't it you're like i can appreciate this is a really good game but i can't i just can't grasp it uh, you know, I can't. I'm not. Get, I'm not getting that itch to go back and play it. I think that's what it is. Right. Uh, and I've also been playing um, uh, the Outer Wilds DLC, Echoes of the yeah. Eye, which is just you know, everyone knows how I feel about that. So I'm not going to. We do say more. That's, that's I actually right. just started that. I actually started that game about two weeks ago, and I fell in love. You're with good Outer man. Wilds. Yeah, <laughs> I, you're good I, man. Put, I mentioned to him at the yeah. time. I said Luke loves that game. So. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Uh, my partner played it over Christmas as well. Um, really fell in love with it as well. Albeit, um, I was very much backseat gaming at the time, so I think she was a bit annoyed. Uh, <laughs> but she finished it. She finished it, so that's good. Um, but yeah, so quite a lot. And I'm, I'm more than anything, I'm just trying to get through stuff before February because mm -hmm. then it, you know, gaming it all kicks off. off yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, GPG crew. GPG crew assembled. We are all together on the same podcast, same show, same quality, slightly different day. I think that's the only thing. And one massive news story. Chat, thank you for being here, everyone. Um, like I say, change of night. Grateful for everyone to be here. I appreciate that, um, you know, this is two days old, this news, and pretty much every single podcast I've ever come across has, has, has absolutely covered this and smothered this. And uh, so I appreciate you being here. This is our take on it. We do have our, our resident uh, solicitor, lawyer, whatever you want to call him, on the panel that we will be grilling over perhaps some of the finer details of the acquisition and how all of that works. But before we do any of that, let's uh, let's just do a quick round robin, and I'll start with you, uh, Scott, if that's okay, because uh, yours was the first tweet that I saw after the news landing, kind of early afternoon, I think it was Tuesday in the UK, and I think we caught the news within minutes of it of it coming out. How did you take this news? What did you make of it? It was um, it was funny because the first thing I saw before the news hit was um, a post on Twitter by Jason Schreier. Um, and I think he just said something on the lines of, I take the day off of, uh, on vacation and this happens. And I was like, oh, shit, something big's yeah. something big must be happening. And then the tweets start trickling in and it's like, and it's just people posting, oh, Microsoft are uh, looking to buy that. And I was like, well, hold on, this, this, this doesn't seem right. And then uh, I think Bloomberg started posting about it, Wall Street Journal started posting about it. And then it's like, holy shit, this is, this is actually happening. And then the official post comes out on Xbox Wire, and then the tweets come out. It's seventy billion dollars, and this all happened in about five minutes. Yeah, it yeah. was pretty nuts. And then obviously wrapped up in all of that was obviously people's takes and opinions, and a lot of just WTFs. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my I think my original post was just like what the blank 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 um, because it was. It was so out the blue. I mean, not that these things, you know, are, are typically leaked ahead of time because of what they are. But, you know, you could have asked me um, before Christmas, name 20 companies that Microsoft might yeah. acquire uh, next year. And Activision wouldn't have been in that list at, at all. So it was just complete a complete surprise, I think, more, more than anything. You know, you combine um, the negative press that have been associated with Activision Blizzard over the past 12 months, uh, and combined with just the sheer um, size of the acquisition in terms of, you know, the monetary value associated with it. Um, it was just a complete shock, like a genuine industry shaking uh, shock. You know, the Bethesda one, if you remember how we reacted then, we were like, holy shit, this is massive. And then this is, this makes that deal just look like a tiny little just going to the shop and buy yeah. yourself a bottle of pop and a packet of crisps in, in comparison. It's um, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And I still don't think it's quite sank in. No. You know, I think you might be showing an image um, a little bit later in, in the show at some point, but just when you look now at the, the size of Microsoft's. Yeah. Let's, um, let's, let's get that image up now. Lineup, yeah. Let's, it's, let's it's truly, it's, it's staggering. And, and obviously we're here all game pass, uh, subscribers and obviously we primarily game on xbox or pc um and you just look at this and just think jesus christ the amount of content i'm going to be getting for the next however many years i know this deal isn't going to close for a little bit but um it is is truly staggering it it, it really is it, yeah i mean like you say you know it, it blew my socks off and i think we've mentioned on the show before that the one the one franchise I never thought 
could, I don't know about would, could actually come to Game Pass would be Call of Duty. Now, I'm a Call of Duty gamer. I, I like Call of Duty. I've played every single one since Call of Duty 1 and beyond. Like I say, I was uh, playing Medal of Honor before that. I love all of those games. I've followed its progress. It's, it's turbulent ups and downs. And to be honest, Vanguard... It's not a bad game, but but it, it, it's obviously with what's going on in Activision, it, it's not been received particularly well. I think Warzone has something to do with that as well. Um, but but to think that that is going to be day and day on Game Pass, and I know you know there's going to be lots of what well, that hasn't been you know that hasn't been confirmed yet, and there's going to be lots of things that we will discuss that haven't been confirmed. So we are going to make some assumptions, and they 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 might be right, they might be wrong. But that was yeah, just we'll one. That well on with flap. We're going well, to the. Is it going to be exclusive? Well, I thought we got over that, but we're going to have to go back to it. We are we? going to have to go back there. And to be honest, I hope. I hope actually Xbox uh, and perhaps Phil Spencer do a slightly. I won't say better job, but perhaps clarify it a little bit sooner rather than kind of leaving people dangling because this is going to be an even bigger question than Starfield. But uh, yeah. Luke, was you, um, I mean, obviously, you know, let, let's take it for, for, for granted that, you know, you was obviously flabbergasted by, by the deal happening itself. But was you, was you surprised that um, Microsoft were dipping into, I believe, roughly 50% of, of their treasure chest to actually go and buy this uh, in cash f- from Activision? Um, I, not particularly. I don't think. I mean, okay. you know, it's uh, it it was pretty. It was very surprising. Um, I kind of had the same, uh, you know, gradual exposure to it as, as Scott did, and then all of a sudden, within like two minutes, it was everywhere. Um, and I kind of just sat there and was like, "Well, no, that can't possibly be true." Cause, <laughs> you know, it's just bonkers, isn't it? It's just it's just a crazy deal, mm. and it, it's not one I don't I think anyone would have really predicted either. I mean, you could have said a number of other um, publishers would have been, you know, on on paper, yeah, a, a better fit. Um, but so I think that's what made it quite shocking is that I just don't. I, in my head, I'd never entertained Activision. Um, I mean, you know, in terms of. Uh, their treasure chest. I mean, you know, still well, only half of it. So, and it's it's for stuff like this, right? It's 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 cash in reserve for, um, amongst other things, big acquisitions that they feel will will mm. assist their you know various um, business endeavors. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of money. Um, it's a, a pretty significant premium on every share. You know, I think it's uh, ninety dollars or something, ninety five dollars. Um and uh yeah, it's it's just a flabbergasting deal. And you know, it was just the uh, it was just how quickly it, it just kind of um barreled out the door really mm. and then all of a sudden it was official and that and that was it and we're looking to close it you know, uh in the next basically the next year and a bit. So um yeah, madness, madness, but but really interesting. Yeah, no, just absolutely. On the premium side of things. Uh, apologies, Flap. Uh, I, was, I was actually hoping to get Luke's opinion on this because he mentioned there was a it was a decent premium on the on the share price. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you're familiar with Hog Law, Luke. Um, right in thinking. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I was watching some of his content on it, and he was talking about how uh, you know the the share price of um, Activision Blizzard as recently as in the past twelve months has been regularly in the low to mid nineties and even over a hundred dollars per per share as of late um and obviously this yep. was uh, i think it was 95 exactly actually per, per share that, that they acquired so i guess from from 
your perspective, would you consider that much of a premium when it's been higher than 95 within just the past 12 months? And would you, and this might be a question for later in the show, Flap, so do let me know if you just want to talk, if you want to. No, go for it, later. go for it. Have, have Microsoft swooped in at this point because they could get it for this price where, say, eight months ago, it, it would have cost them maybe $140 a share or something if they wanted to do the deal, which might have priced them out of the acquisition. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question. I think um, I should put it into context. I think when I'm talking about premium, um, I distinctly remember um, because my partner actually had some Activision shares um, <laughs> she sold a few months ago. Um, you know, I think it was hovering around maybe three to four months ago. It was around $60, for example. So uh, compared to then, it is premium. Obviously, right. it fluctuates all the time um but it's still you know if if you take their market cap and i can't remember exactly what their market cap was um prior or within the last few months but you know it it's a good chunk over that right and that and that comes out of various things market as i've said before market cap isn't the same as market value but um i think microsoft would have looked at it and gone you know 95 dollars a share is the the bargain that's been put to us and it's probably good value because um you know activision are about to enter i mean they're they've been in a very turbulent time they're about to enter a even more turbulent time probably because they've got you know the full cases going through the court now mm. um you know employees on strike mm. um their roadmap of games isn't particularly encouraging in the next year so I think Microsoft probably looked at it and went, you know, it's, it's good. It's good value for what we want now, and we can. The good thing for Microsoft is that they're very, they're still very insulated from all of the Activision stuff until they actually complete the deal. So, you know, they can just let Activision run it. They'll have some uh, oversight. I mean, not directly or anything like that, but Activision will need to do things in a particular way. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think, you know, and it sounds mad to say that, you know, uh, $68 billion is a good deal, but if you look at Call of Duty or something like that, I think I read on the day actually that, cause I was quite interested and I think Activision 2018 said that Call of Duty over its life had made over $30 billion. Hmm. So, um, you know, it, <laughs> on that alone. Um, you could get a, a fantastic return for Microsoft, um, not even factoring in Blizzard, um, yeah. you know, other IPs, etc. So, and on all the workforce that comes with that as well um, to, to make more games. 10,000 yeah, employees, that's a big deal, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, uh, you know, that's, yeah. doesn't that almost double um, all of the employees? Actually, I think it's on the bottom of that graph. Let me, let me just pop that back up on the screen again for everyone just so we can have another quick look at that because I think it has the employees at the bottom. Yeah, so 2,500 under Xbox Studios, nearly 2,500 under Bethesda and 10,000 plus under Activision Blizzard. So that's quite a significant increase to headcount. Yeah, I, think, I don't I envy think Blizzard HR alone are like five thousand. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't envy that at all. Or, or, or their monthly, their their new monthly Activision salary bill that they will get. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ten thousand employees on the roll. That's good. Yeah, you know, someone when they read that news just thought, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" Yeah, when, when they heard it. Yeah, like, some people. Yeah, were yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, let's finish yeah. off our round of, of reactions. And Puxley, obviously a fellow Call of Duty uh, player. Um, 
what does this deal mean for you? Because you know you don't you don't buy every single one every year. I know you enjoy it, and and I think you kind of dip in and out depending on on whether Call of Duty is kind of getting a good reception that year or not. I know I know you enjoy pretty much all of them, but but you're not a hardcore. I'm going to buy it every year type. So you know, what does this mean for you then? Oh man, uh, <laughs> that's an interesting one. I remember when I think yeah, that's it. As you say, that Tuesday late morning after early afternoon, whenever it was. And then like the Discord was starting to blow up and I'm sitting there, like I think it was like Scott Luke, BMG, and a number of others that are starting to share some links and stuff, and it's confirmed. And I was just like, What the bloody hell are you all talking about? And then it was like, This isn't real, surely. And then I looked it up on some I went onto the is the Xbox wire, like their official yep. kind of yep. Xbox blog site. And it was all on the front page there, and I read all through that, and it was just like, What? <laughs> like this can't be a thing. Like it was only a couple of months ago we were still kind of starting to understand how significant the whole Bevesta thing was. And then as Scott was saying at the beginning, like this, that just seems like pocket change compared to this. And it's one of those things where I think a load of, like everyone never really anticipated that this was a thing. So, and then, and what, from what you asked me, sorry about, you know, from a Call of Duty perspective, yeah, I've kind of dropped in and out of it in recent years. Um, but if anything, it's more, it's not just the Call of Duty library, like, you know, in time, I'd like to believe that these things would all definitely become into Game Pass in some capacity which I think would be absolutely fantastic because I think it's one of those games where a lot of people aren't willing to buy because of its, um, uh, what's the word? <laughs> it's Well, the optics the that it gets, particularly yeah. from Activision. <laughs> yeah, and it's got, obviously it has its own kind of identity and perception now. People perceive it in a certain way or the fact like the game is perceived based on the fan base and that could be quite toxic depending on how yeah. you play or yeah. where you play and things like that. So I think, you know, those reasons alone, I think, are enough to make people not want to spend their 70 quid to to jump into what is ultimately a relatively shallow and short campaign, no matter yeah. how glorious it may be cinematic-wise. But most, you know, Call of Duty is for the multiplayer, and I think for the most part, people think it's going to be toxic. They're not even part of their money. So I think now knowing that the whole library and as, as well as every other, or most other IPs under the <laughs> under the banner of Activision are going to be under... Uh, potentially coming to Game Pass. I think it's, it's a massive win. But then the other thing that I thought was interesting to think about was, because I read some articles the other day, and they were talking about how before Activision accepted their, the Microsoft offer, they actually went and got, I think they sought out any other interested parties. I think there was two that did come forward, and they remained anonymous, so nobody really knows who they are. Mm. But I think they were not deemed taken seriously enough, so they kind of just fell by the wayside. And I think it was only, it was only Microsoft that were there saying we seriously want to you know we are seriously interested in buying you out kind of thing but then the other side of that is that that led me to thinking was you know given the whole you know internal struggles of activision with the whole you know sexual misconduct scandals and everything else that's going on and the whole california lawsuit that's going on with them and all this other stuff it's it's almost well for one i imagine you know this thing would have been happening months prior before that news became public so and then when Phil Spencer a couple of months ago mentioned, or even just a month or two ago, when he was saying about how they're currently reevaluating their relationship with Activision Blizzard, it was almost mm -hmm. like, you know, like now that we know that this acquisition was happening and is happening, I can only imagine he was probably thinking, what the bloody hell is going on over there? Like, what, what, what are we buying? I imagine they must have thought, we need to really understand more than what we originally did, if they didn't know already, you know. Well, maybe they so, did know, and it was just more to a public safe base thing, I guess. But so, so I think Gamesby interviewed uh, Bobby Kotick. Has anyone has anyone seen the transcribe of that? No, yeah, I haven't. it's it's a, a truly 
it is it, it is truly horrendous for, for a couple of reasons he, he you know he's going on about how he treasures sort of you know the company values and respect in the workplace and all of those horrible things that you know he just doesn't mean and stuff but he also kept making references to how him and phil are, are great buds and when the deal came in from phil or when it was mentioned he kind of thought yeah now's the time and I, I don't know. I, it just didn't sit very well with me. Um, Pucks, one, one question I was going to ask you, and perhaps it's a little bit early in the show, but um, uh, and we're going straight into speculation town here. I think this show's going to be a little bit all over the place because my head's still spinning, and I'm going to ask questions as and when they pop in. But um, when it comes to Call of Duty, do you think they might actually um, split out multiplayer, Warzone, and, and single player, and perhaps... Um, let's say make multiplayer free to play a little bit like warzone perhaps bundle them together and keep that multi-plat and just perhaps keep the um the story mode single player offline mode uh, exclusive is that is that something that you think they might be able to do i never really considered that before but so i suppose in those words i it's not it's definitely within the realms of possibility i think especially when you consider these large franchises are well as you say like warzone on its own earns activision an absolute fortune and I think, you know, most of the revenue come from that and not even the baseline, you know, the mainline multiplayer mm. is how I understand it from what I've read in, uh, not too long ago. So, no, I, I can definitely see that being a thing. You know, most hardcore COD players don't really dabble much in the campaign. You know, if they do, they do it because it's there. But then once they've done it, if they even complete it, they jump straight to the multiplayer. So it does make sense to me that, you know, for people that are interested in the campaign, sure thing, you know, that's maybe exclusive to Game Pass or whatever else. And multiplayer is going to be this, yeah, a free-to-play package for all platforms. I think that definitely makes sense as a way, as a way forward. Well, I think again, it makes it's... sense if if they can bundle the multiplayer and and Warzone together free of charge, and obviously have the battle pass that ex, you know that extends to both all of the microtransactions and all of the skins and all the silliness that go with that. That kind of makes sense, and I think that would possibly appease all of the audiences that obviously play and enjoy call of duty and stuff and perhaps i think perhaps you know and let's let's you know let's call a spade a spade here we're talking about sony fans that that may that may feel left out that, that you know if this was to be purely exclusive i think it would appease uh, playstation and sony fans if the campaign was exclusive only because i don't think call of duty campaign is massively high on, on most people's agenda. I don't think that's the the main reason people buy Call of Duty year on year. I think it's possibly the multiplayer and, and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, it would be interesting to see if that's one of the ways that they can go, I guess. Can I just bring up something as well? I've just seen a comment. I mean, as I was speaking, and I think I mentioned about how... I, I mentioned something along the lines of Microsoft approaching Activision, but then uh, I saw a comment from Wandering Dutch saying, no, Activision approached Microsoft. Um which is well, I wasn't aware of that, but it kind of uh, makes sense. That's I guess, that's know. not what uh, that's not what Bobby Kotick said in his in his uh, interview with Gamespeak. Yeah, I think the uh, New Times were reporting that that Microsoft approached Activision, hmm. um, and then okay. and then Activision said, "Nope, your offer's crap." And then they came back with a second one that said, "Yep." <laughs> so, hmm. yeah, I'd, I, it's it's always hard to determine, but I think I think and then as you say, I think Kotick said. Uh, then again, I don't, I don't trust what Bobby Kotick says. Yeah. Uh, no, exactly. Times, but I think, exactly. I think in this case, he's, he's probably, he's probably right. Yeah, and there's but... a lot of people familiar with it, or people close to the situation, or sources. You know, there's, there's obviously still a lot of speculation at, at, at this point as to who did what and and, and when, um, which you know we might never fully know the 
the the actual truth to to be perfectly honest but mm. can i ask the panel though i guess um about you know why do you think they even accepted it do you reckon you know is this whole sexual misconduct scandal and how it's potentially affecting i mean i know it's obviously had massive repercussions internally when you've looked at the um the leaks of uh, the leaked documents and stuff that came up you know that was what, what one or two employees that even committed suicide over some uh misconduct um happenings that went on and stuff. Like, that's pretty you know serious stuff but you know at what point do you think they thought maybe we should consider this? You know, do you reckon internally shares are dropping, popularity of franchises uh, are dropping, uh, uh, the whole infrastructure is breaking up? Like, you know, I think why Bob, is this uh, even happening in uh, the first place? I'll go first. I think Bobby Kotick saw a a lucrative out on this one. So rather than getting booted out, he he can kind of you know through through um through the decline of Call of Duty, the the slow decline and painful decline of Call of Duty and, and not appeasing the shareholders and stock prices tumbling and stuff. I think for him this is a way out for him to get a nice big retirement fund potentially uh, and move on under under a shadow but but not being booted out. But I'd be interested to think uh, to hear what Luke and Scott have to say on that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think it's you know he he would no doubt have some influence on on this, and um, you know, totally agreed that I think it, it's just it's good timing for Activision. Um, it kind of takes away a lot of the bad press. It doesn't take it away; it obscures it slightly because that's not what people are talking about. Um, it allows it to kind of simmer and and not die down, but just kind of, uh, you know, be in the background. Um, and uh, absolutely, I think that, you know, I think I think the reasons probably twofold. I think one, you know, Bobby and, and other executives um, will have uh, significant uh, parachute payments on a change of control. Um, you know, I think Bobby's is something like $298 million of cash and stock. So, um, he will happily retire after, mm. after uh, the deal goes through. And I think also Activision are in a weird position where they're making a lot of money, but they've actually, they don't really have that much more to grow their franchises, Call of Duty, etc. Um, you know, they, they're already pumping games out in that franchise um very often you know it's a, it's an annual basis essentially isn't it so um and it's kind of hitting or has already hit critical mass i think and and that's not to say that i don't think microsoft could take it further because clearly they could in some sense because of you know the infrastructure they have etc um but i think it's becoming it's probably it's more and more difficult for activision to operate the way they are where there's this massive demand and focus on big huge consistent AAA, you know take no risk games that make a lot of money you know and you you can see that for the way they're organizing developers where you you know you get like toys for bob i don't know probably working on call of duty at some point or you know four studios working on call of duty um and then blizzard being asked to do things and mm. kind of pointed in a direction which is not really you know commensurate with their with their kind of technical artistic ability etc so i think it probably just made sense that let's let's just you know let's get a good payout but it also leaves the studio in uh, well, the publisher and all the studios in really good hands really um from mm. you know a company that will interfere microsoft will interfere with it but in a good way i would think um to try and steer the ship and, and hopefully then hopefully uh and hopefully then um you know actually allow these developers to to 
make what they want right you know and do the kind of things they want to do and really unlock a lot of that creativity so um i think activision just probably looked at it and went now if now's as good time as any to do it and it's the right sort of um acquirer as well so Mm, yeah and to be honest you know lots of people are saying you know better microsoft than tencent and things like that which which you know i, I appreciate on some level scott i've, I've got a question for you i, I mean let, let's assume bobby kotick and his his directorship of, of activision are, are quite a greedy bunch you know let, let's let, let's let's be honest about this you know they, they flogged call of duty into the ground and even as a call of duty fan uh, and to be honest guys you know this show isn't just going to be about call of duty we'll move on at some point because there's a hell of a lot of a big conversation to have about all of the other ips so we'll be doing that in a sec but um do you think microsoft will be as keen to milk dry the call of duty cow for the want of a better metaphor um, or do you think they might actually hold off and, and try and revive the series and, and, and sort of bring players back? Because I think it relies on a lot of uh, a lot of new and fresh players constantly coming in, and they've lost a lot of the older ones. Um, so, do you think Microsoft are, are going to bleed it dry, or, or do you think they're going to try and revive the Call of Duty? Um, I, I think there's 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 going to be an attempt at, at revival. I think mm. one of the reasons this kind of goes back to maybe what um, Luke was. Luke was saying, I think um, one of the reasons I think they've been able to make this deal is because they've kind of got to the point, particularly with Call of Duty, which is their largest franchise, it's like, what do they do next? There's nothing they can literally do that with that franchise at this point. It's already an annual cycle. They've already got COD Mobile. They've already got Warzone. Where, where mm. do they actually go next? Uh, and what we've seen through that is, particularly over the past couple of years, is actually um, the public perception of the game. Um, I think it, it almost peaked with Modern Warfare or the remake or remaster of modern warfare that was highly received um but then since then it's kind of dropped where um the vanguard uh, title that was released just last year that's kind of the uh, the worst received game i think both critically and commercially uh in in some time um in, in a number of years um so where do you go from there do you just keep pumping out the same games you just do what you've been doing that uh, has well, uh, seemingly uh, been I'm guessing that's because uh, uh, Microsoft did actually mention the roadmap and the pipeline that Activision have in place. And, 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 you know, I, I assume that is for all of their IPs, but I'm guessing mainly Call of Duty. And they said that they were quite happy with what they saw. Now, obviously, Microsoft aren't going to say anything otherwise. But, you know, you can probably feel pretty certain that the next three Call of Duties are, are certainly lined up with, with uh, obviously, studios yeah. and they're in development, I guess. Uh, the, the fourth year could be interesting and could be the first year that Microsoft actually get the chance or opportunity to make a change. But um, hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, I'm not that I'm a particularly big fan of this franchise, but it kind of, it feels a little bit like it needs kind of almost the Assassin's Creed treatment um, where that kind of took a little bit of a break after people were burnt out on it. And then it was fairly well received when it came back after, after that break. Mm. Um, obviously there will be, um, there's three bloody studios on Call of Duty, so there's already probably at least two other games in in development at this point for the next couple mm. of years, uh, and there will likely be uh, contractual agreements, particularly with PlayStation, surrounding those that will see them released and continue to be released on on PlayStation. Um, but beyond that, and, and this is maybe more hope more than anything else, is and 
I think me and Luca are actually in a similar boat. When we look at this acquisition, I don't really have any excitement from an Xbox perspective about the Activision half of mm-hmm. the transaction because it has become just a Call of Duty machine. Um, you know, we've mentioned Toys for Bob. You, you look at maybe um, just how many, I think there's, there's a stupid amount of studios just working on Call of Duty at the moment. Mm-hmm. And kind of my hope is the Call of Duty is never going to go away. But if they could maybe make that uh, maybe a, every two or three year release and have some excitement around and give the developers yeah. a little bit more time to to focus on the game and polish it, um, because you know just look at the issues people are having with Warzone and things like but, that. But 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 that comes back to the actual essence of my question. To be honest, Scott, do you think Microsoft yeah. would be willing to give up a year's worth of that, that kind of revenue that that the new Call of Duty brings? Um, you know, I, I don't think Activision were willing to do that do you think microsoft yeah. will be i think so and i think if okay. you look at what they've done with the developers that they've acquired since you even look at what they did with 343 they 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 give up having halo on the launch of their brand new console uh in order to give it the time it needed to to be a success um you know you look at at least how it seems from the outside looking in as to how they're treating their existing first party studios as it does seem they're giving them um, not just the time, but obviously the finances. They give um, Double Fine more time and more money to finish Psychonauts 2. Um, they seem to be giving a lot of their development studios what they need to just develop the game. Um, now, obviously, I'm sure there's pressures internally to hit particular dates and they want to have particular dates um, or, or games released by a particular date, sorry. Um, but it does seem that they're kind of willing at least to give studios time. Um, and... I guess from that perspective, the the hope is that that applies to Call of Duty and the development studios on on Call of Duty. Mm. Well, I, I mean, obviously they've they've got Warzone that, that can carry the gap if they're going to to put a gap in. <clears throat> also, if they separate out the multiplayer aspect that can still potentially generate cash in the meantime as well, that's something I guess they could do, or or perhaps just one year just launch a multiplayer aspect of it uh, and like you say perhaps play catch up with some of their other de- development studios uh, and yeah. get them working on other stuff because from memory i think there's five i mean the mainline um call of duty studios are obviously sledgehammer Treyarch, and uh oh, what's the other one um oh sledgehammer Treyarch, and infinity of Ward, of course and then and then you've got raven and um high moon as well that that do some stuff as well in the background with with Call of Duty and, and Tony yeah, they, exactly. They wrote them all Tony in to do bits and bobs. Yeah, yeah, so it, it yeah. is crazy. Yeah. And like you say, you know, if if they can give themselves a bit of a, a a fire break, as it were, to to just you know dust dust yourselves down. Do we really need this many people in studios working on this title? Um, and perhaps something like Game Pass. You know, with the subscription service and the generation of of um, money from that, with other huge AAA titles, may kind of smooth out the curve slightly in any revenue loss like that for for one year, while they try and catch up and, and decide what they're going to do. But but I'm certainly yeah. of the opinion that's not going to happen until their current roadmap is kind of satisfied. I guess. Um, yeah. Puxley, there's so much to talk about, uh, and I do want to come to Luke with some more of the aspects around the acquisition. But before we do, Pux, um, <clears throat> tell us about Crash Bandicoot and, and Spyro. You know, traditionally PlayStation <laughs> IPs. Now, probably, I, I would suspect that out of you know the the suite of IPs, um, I would suspect that Microsoft would make Spyro and Crash exclusive. 
Um, I, I know that's up for debate, but I, I would expect them to, in all honesty. How do you feel as a as an ex, obviously, PlayStation gamer? Because I think we both cut our teeth on those games on PlayStation, and obviously they're going to be Xbox exclusive. That's a bit of a, a poke in the eye to Sony, I guess, on some level. Oh, 100%. I mean, we had, obviously we had a chat about this uh, between the two of us earlier in the week, didn't we? And I find, yeah, I find this a weird one. I think most of the internet finds it bizarre to think that, you know, the two two of the big OG PlayStation mascots are now owned by Microsoft. And I think, yeah, my opinion on this, it's a weird one because, yes, it, it's great to know that in the future, you know, like the Spyro trilogy and the Crash trilogy and all those other titles which may, you know, already exist and may come out in the future, it's good to know that, you know, for the most part, they're more than likely going to be coming to Game Pass, which is fantastic for anyone and everyone that hasn't yet been able to jump into those yet for whatever reason. Or, you know, you're a younger gamer, you're just getting into gaming and you realise that you love this colourful dragon or whatever. Mm. But, um, but yeah, to, to know and understand, you know, to have played the originals and loved it, bring brought up on PlayStation for the most part, and then thinking, you know, will these become exclusive? I, You know, like, <laughs> again, outside of the whole business acumen aspect on that kind of thing, I do as a pure kind of heartfelt gamer perspective, I find it kind of sad to know that, you know, if they were to become exclusive, it almost feels like something's being stolen a little bit. Like it's not, I know, but it, No, that's fair enough. Yeah. It just kind of it doesn't feel right <laughs> in okay. a way to yeah. think, you know, if they were to I'd love to think, because I, I think um I saw a comment just before we went live actually. And I think uh, and I think I, I think it went out a bit a couple of hours ago. I think Sony said that they hope that yeah, the they expect Microsoft with the merger. Yeah, yeah they mm. expect a number of uh, titles to remain multi-platform, and I can't help but feel that's not just talking about Call of Duty. It's most likely also anchoring around Crash Bandicoot and Spyro the Dragon. But um, yeah, yeah I don't yeah. know. I, like bearing in mind those outside of the trilogies, they have been dormant franchises for a long time, and I think Crash Four and Spyro trilogies have done. If anything, they sh- for the most part for Spyro, it showed what you know. Given the company like Toys for Bob. The you know the responsibility to say hey look take the originals and please remaster it try you know do a good job see what you come up with and then seeing what they delivered and the same again with uh, Vicarious Vision I mean I know they're not necessarily are Vicarious Visions an Activision owned entity or is that like an outsourced thing? Vicarious Visions is uh, it doesn't exist anymore unfortunately. Fox, oh, is it, it was not? Pr- I believe it was pretty much absorbed into Blizzard. Um, at some point, oh, at some right, point okay. last last year, because um, what did they yeah. do last? They did the Tony Hawk's remaster, didn't they? Tony Hawk's, and yeah. I think yeah. they were moved over to help on Diablo, but I think as a studio, it's just part of Blizzard. I don't think it actually exists as a studio anymore. Oh, Maybe right. it's still that, internal. Uh, yeah, okay, point. so it was internal to the Activision to, Blizzard. Yes, that, that's umbrella. Right. Yeah, so, but yeah. I mean, they. I mean, they did such a good job of it, and I think if in a way, it's one of those things. It's one of those niche niche platform uh sorry niche genres nowadays you know the the colorful 3d platformer mascots and stuff don't really exist in a massive triple a capacity nowadays and i think a lot of i mean people like myself that are big fans of the genre and i think there's a lot of other people out there that also love those kind of games because you know fps's are really popular and for the most part are always really good and really immersive whatever else but when that's kind of the main genre that people i think a lot of people that aren't too into gaming think of gaming they think of pers- first person shooters and not really much else so i think i think i think a lot, a lot of the internet also seems to say this as well that genres like 3d platformers need to make a comeback and i know that a lot of people have also been saying give someone like give an ip like banjo kazooie to toys for bob now or someone and make oh them, yeah yeah like re- you know <laughs> use these dormant ips which you know a load of people are craving for the, and, the trouble know, is 
the, the trouble is with that though, Pucks, is that obviously Microsoft have had Banjo Kazooie for ages and they haven't really done anything with it to date. So I'm not really convinced that this that this deal going through really opens the door. I, I guess they do have more studios that they could choose from and stuff. But with with IPs like Crash and Spyro, I just think they would take a precedent over over Banjo. To be honest. Oh, 100%. I mean, I know a lot of people seem to love Banjo, but the only people that really do are the people that played the original N64. I didn't mm. play the original N64. I played it a bit later on. I liked it, but I can't sit here and honestly say that I love it over Crash and Spyro. 100% no. But um, no, I agree. Yeah, Crash and Spyro definitely need to take precedence. But at the same time, as you say, seeing as, you know, that comes that falls under the Activision umbrella and those companies, again, Toys for Bob, for example, you know, they've had that experience with that franchise already uh, and making that kind of game. And they did a fantastic job of it. So mm. to give them an opportunity to make a new Spyro or something similar to what, uh, you know, Crash Bandicoot 4, you know, I'd like to, it'd be good to, interesting to see what could happen if you give these companies the time and, you know, the time and the money needed to to create something new and like that, you know? Well, like we say, but, you know, yeah. if they if they can put a firebreaker into to the Call of Duty cycle, that would free up probably at least two studios to to work on other stuff. Even if they're playing a supporting role to other studios to get to get things to get things working, you know, but to have ten thousand employees to uh, to call upon, um, Microsoft's HR department must be going crazy right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. Um, Luke, let's come to yourself, and you know, let's let's go into speculation town, as Boom would say, um, and, and let's try let's try doing this one fairly quickly if we can because it is all absolute speculation but luke what just quickly what is your take on exclusivity what do you think will be what do you think won't be um i, I kind of uh, i kind of flip back and forth on it um mm. and i've kind of changed my mind a, a couple of times over the last few days um i think um uh, you know initially I, and everybody's really looking at call of duty i, I don't think there's any question that yeah any of the Activision game apart from that will be exclusive uh, because I think they will be. Um, the the question mark's always been Call of Duty. I think mm. because, you know, unlike... Um, there was a question when, when Bethesda was acquired about games like Elder Scrolls, um, which I never really understood because even though Elder Scrolls is a very big game, it's not really that big, right? It sells like, you know, 30, 40 million copies, which is a lot. That's a lot of you know it's a, it's a big seller but there are a number of games now that sell 20 million plus copies so it's not it's not like it's you know going beyond the really kind of even semi-hardcore gaming crowd um and it kind of makes sense to make that exclusive and initially i think when i heard about activision you know i was like well i, I don't know if call of duty would be exclusive because as in new games going forward made in mm. that franchise because um i think it probably sells the best on playstation it probably makes the most money on playstation um yeah, yeah. certainly it's not a big seller in the pc market um you know it's it's not a huge game there um I mean, it does well but it's not as big as many other games in that market in the fps arena so um yeah i was a bit i was a bit kind of up and down about it but i think I think Microsoft would probably be happy. Ultimately, Microsoft will have run the numbers on all this stuff, right? They will have seen every scenario. And I think they might look at it and they may look at it and go, well, yeah, we might lose a lot of money for the first five years if we do this. But over time, it could make us a lot more money. So let's do it. Um, I don't know. I don't know what their number crunching is like and what they think about it. Um, I, you know, it, it's it, it would be... 
it wouldn't surprise me either way i don't think is what i'm trying to say so but i think it's a really difficult question um as to whether they they will certainly stuff like warzone is never going to change right and that's such a huge money maker um it's really the question about these new whatever the next couple of juicy is well not the next one but you know when microsoft um, actually acquire them um but at the moment i'm leaning towards that they will probably make those games exclusive um but uh yeah, it's it's a really really interesting uh, question, I think. It is, isn't it? And it's going to be one that's going to be asked many, many times. And I, and I think Wandering Dutch and, and even yourself, Scott, have sort of said, you know, we're only going to get vague answers back because that's all we can get. Because, you know, until the deal's done um, and, and has been highlighted several times, Activision are still their own company with their own roadmap and their own... Um, you know, their own way of doing things. And there is the potential that this deal may not go through. And perhaps we'll come on to that in a sec, Luke. But um, yeah, so Scott, just just, just quickly, um, what, what's your take on exclusivity? What do you think will and won't come to Xbox as an exclusive deal? Um, I, I think ultimately it'll be very similar to the Bethesda deal flap, I think. Uh, any existing contractual agreements which will likely muddy the waters for Call of Duty, where I think Call of Duty will continue to be multi-platform for a couple of years due to those agreements. Uh, otherwise, everything will be will be exclusive to um, PC and Xbox, with the exception of obviously World of Warcraft, which will continue just yeah, PC yeah. only, likely, and Warzone. Um, things are it's essentially, you know, Luke mentioned the number crunching that they likely did to sort of determine, you know, what is the best long term outlook for this for uh, for for whatever approach they take to this. They did it with the Bethesda games, and I imagine they'd probably did a similar thing for for this one and i imagine they came to the same outcome for for both of them hmm okay that's interesting pucks any any differences to that uh is this about call of duty specifically sorry well no it's just any of the ips going you know exclusive which ips do you think will become exclusive do you think all of them uh unlike scott said you know we're obviously talking uh cross cross console um games not not yeah, things sure. yeah yeah yeah, I mean, as yeah, Scott was saying, anything that's only really on PC, obviously, is going to stay on PC. Um, yeah, I think for the most part, it, it you know, how can you not think that for, you know most of these IPs will remain on Xbox exclusive? I mean, you don't pay that amount of money for all of this, you know, for all of this stuff, and then just go, yeah, you know what, everyone, yeah, you can still have it, you know. So, um, but outside of that, I mean, similar to what you have just said in the poll, um, you know, we'll call it duty single player, multiplayer, but you know, barring Warzone because of exclusive i i think call of duty is probably the the one outlier here where it won't be um exclusive to xbox okay um i'd like um uh, and do you mean going for you know, do you mean like after the roadmap the current roadmap is finished and and the first microsoft owned call of duty comes out you still think that's going to be multiplayer the multiplayer side of things yeah like, okay. again i know you're not talking about warzone but i think base no, multiplayer because no. that's still very popular as well because there's a lot of people out there that don't like warzone but love the standard multiplayer on i hate games. warzone i absolutely i mean i love call of duty and yeah. i hate warzone yeah. so yeah i despise yeah. it as well so i kind of feel that it's a massive kick of the teeth for what is activision's biggest revenue stream uh and, and as luke was saying for the most part the revenue stream does come from other platforms already so mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense in my mind why you would out of nowhere make that exclusive i think you'd still keep that revenue stream but just improve the just improve the property for for everyone 
Yeah, no, fantastic. Okay, well, thank you. That was a very quick round of speculation, Tam. I'm sorry that, you know, there, there is going to be months and months of this, uh, and, and that kind of neatly brings us on to the next point. But before I get to that chat, everyone watching, thank you very much for being here. We have obviously shifted nights from a Sunday to a Thursday. Really grateful for your time and grateful for your for your patronage, as it were. Um, like I say, we you know we know this with this topic has been done many, many times on, on many different podcasts, and this is our little take on it and uh, really grateful for, for everyone being we've got 25 people watching at the moment or we did have so uh, thank you everyone in the chat it's just a very quick roll call actually we've got Leon Crickles Stubbs Gaming uh, BMG Tuku and Gulu Wandering Dutch oh hang on why can't I scroll up uh, um, uh, oh there we go um, I saw She's No Elite earlier there we go um, oh my goodness me there was quite a few actually uh, some new people as well uh, that had popped in uh, Retro Nerd welcome um Thank you for being here, everyone. Like I say, um, you know, your time's precious uh, and we're grateful for you you spending your time with us and letting us know what you think about this massive deal. Luke, let's come to you on this one. Now, there's one thing I want to clear up if we can. Uh, and I, I keep hearing so many people on YouTube say this, podcasts. Can we just get this cleared up once and for all? I know the date of, you know, fiscal year 2023, June 2023 was mentioned. But can we just clear up that... What that actually means is that's the time that the deal would be done by. So it could, you know, that fiscal year actually runs, the fiscal year 23 actually runs from June 2022 all the way up to June 2023, a 12-month period. So there is actually a chance that this deal could close before Christmas. Um, I think what was what was mentioned is that the deal is going to close within that period and not necessarily at june yeah. so so there is a potential that this could close for christmas now obviously given the bethesda uh, as an example and that this is such a a much bigger acquisition and going to affect many more people and I probably have to go through many more layers of, of bureaucracy i should think I'm guessing getting this through before Christmas is, is highly unlikely, although I'm sure Microsoft would absolutely love that if they could. Um, Timescales, uh, you know, could it be just literally any time between June 2022 and 2023? And if so, you know, gut feeling, I know you don't know, but, but gut feeling at, at what point during that period you think it is, you know, could potentially go through at its soonest? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you're right. You know, it's it's within the within the fiscal year, so uh, basically first July twenty twenty two up to the end of uh, June twenty twenty three. Um, that's when they're anticipating it will it will uh, it will go through uh, fully. But um, I mean, gut feeling. It's really hard to say with some of these things because, um, you know, in is such a massive deal that you know there are tons and tons of conditions baked into um you know the the kind of share share purchase agreements that go on at this level so um how long's a piece of string and the the biggest one you have to think of as well is that 
it's it's really the conditions that take the longest in stuff like this is um are the regulator ones so you know antitrust competition etc those mm -hmm. are the ones that take the longest because you don't really have much control over that mm -hmm. you can put your application in and then a regulator can go away and they spend a lot of time looking at it and then they might come back and ask you you know a bunch more questions that you have to go and research and come back to them with yeah, yeah. so um those ones that that process can take months it can take it can literally take months uh alternatively it could take not very long but there's no chance that this won't take a while because um it's such a massive deal right uh, there's you know uh broader in in a lot of, a lot of the kind of competition stuff even if deals are scrutinized by competition regulators um there's not usually much kind of public scrutiny of that. It all just happens and goes on and it's approved. But when you start getting these kind of ones, which are, you know, very, very significant, there are kind of internal pressures that go on to make sure they're, they're up and up and they're done correctly. So, hmm. um, yeah, I, I, th I think, I honestly think it probably, they've got between, they've got basically six months now, if you think about it, earliest June this year. Right. So, hmm. um, it's very, it's genuinely very conceivable that by June or July they could complete and that they could wrap it up then, genuinely. Um, do I think it's likely? Probably not, but I, I honestly think it'll happen this year. Um, oh, so you think it will happen before Christmas? Mid-end. Yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah. It's it's hard to tell without being in it. But, uh, mm. and you know, the, the thing is that if, if Activision and Microsoft have a, a time in mind, they'll start to get twitchy about it in the sense mm. of they will just want it to happen and they will push significantly yeah. uh, and by push i mean um tell their lawyers to hurry mm. up you know and do stuff and you know get conditions satisfied and push regulators to get a decision in and all that sort of stuff so but i think it'll happen this year yeah and, um, and does and does the me if it didn't but does, does the size and scale of the deal also sort of expedite how fast it could go through because it's obviously a bigger deal to, to, to sort of process yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot. Um, I, the, the thing is, as well, that is um, Activision are, are massive. I mean, they're so big that there's a lot that will need to be checked. A lot of conditionality, um, you know, contracts, all that sort of stuff. That will take an enormous amount of time. So um, it's uh, yeah, it, it's it's going to be like Bethesda, basically. Um, probably, but probably longer, um, just because it's it's much bigger. So, yeah, no fair fair point. And to be honest, Scott, I've got one for you as well. Because, and correct me if I'm wrong, but when the Bethesda deal was mentioned, I believe in August of 2020. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, the deal wasn't actually done until February 2021. I think. I think that's correct. Like I say, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I think that yeah. sounds about right. But but we did actually see the Bethesda games or some some of the Bethesda games come into Game Pass. Obviously, a lot earlier than that. Do you think that um, as part of this deal that uh, Activision Blizzard may actually sign up to some of their games coming onto Game Pass? And I don't necessarily mean this year's call of duty but perhaps some of the older ones and perhaps some of the other titles coming to game pass is that something you think might happen before the deal's closed i mean i guess the question would be flat is what games would you be referring to <laughs> because um, they, in, they don't have an awful lot of an awful lot of games outside of call of duty when well they, think, i mean they've got um, they, but they do have spyro and crash i mean there are some games they can bring to yeah. the 
said the service. They are. There's there's an unfortunately small selection of games, which is, I guess, <laughs> part of the problem at, at Activision. Uh, I'm afraid, but um, it, it's it's interesting because I think with Bethesda, what you could at least um, call back to was there was already a very strong relationship um, and Bethesda were already putting some of their games on Game Pass. The likes of Doom I think mm. had already appeared on, on yep. Game yeah, Pass. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I don't think we've quite seen that with um, any Activision uh, No, I, I don't, I don't believe there's a single on one on Game Pass from memory. Yeah. Mm. So obviously for legal reasons, Microsoft wouldn't be able to influence that decision but there's no reason why Microsoft and Activision Blizzard as independent companies couldn't come to some sort of agreement that would allow them to do so. But they did specify uh, in the press release when they announced that the, the, the deal was was going to happen, um, yeah. that they would look to do it once the deal closes. So they, close. they specified yeah. they would bring as many as they could uh, on, on deal close. Um, so I maybe think that it's not likely and we'll have to wait until the deal has closed and at that point we'll get as much of that as possible with the exception of likely some of the more recent Call of Duties that maybe have some sort of PlayStation contract that prevents them to do so. You know, there was a few games from the Bethesda lineup that didn't come to Game Pass until mm. a little bit later mm. because they were part of PS Now. Uh, I believe at the, at, at the time. So I'd probably say no. I, I think we're likely going to have to wait until the deal closes before we see anything signif significant in, in Game Pass. But you never know. There's always an opportunity to to do that. But um, yeah, well, I think we'll be waiting a little bit. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, there's, there's another round robin uh, question that I need to ask the panel. And I will also ask the chat as well. Chat, if, if you're listening to the show, please get involved in the in the live chat. We have polls and stuff up. It would be great to hear your your thoughts and opinions. And and, and there's, a, there's a question I need to ask kind of everyone, really. And like I say, I'd, I'd, I'd be grateful to, to hear all of the chat's opinions in this. Uh, and this is a very broad... Uh, sort of cover all question, so it's almost a yes and no answer, I guess, with some thought behind it. But Puxley, do you think Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard is a good thing for the gaming industry in general? Uh, yes, I think overall, yes, uh, and a lot of that is mainly based on, given the again, I don't want to keep bringing it up, but the whole scandal stuff that's been going on. And a lot of the internal struggles and obviously how that's affected development and the different studios. I kind of feel that I believe personally, given what, again, I think Scott and Luke said it earlier, how, you know, Psychonauts 2 and a number of other games, Microsoft gave them the support, extra time needed. Obviously, Halo was one of the big ones they gave a whole year of extra time for. And I'd like to think that they will take a sim very similar approach to these IPs and just to help them foster, you know, take in, give them time to take in that uh, the player feedback, the player, you know, how the fan base's thoughts and criticisms on the franchise, what they think, analyze it all, and give them time to, you know, think of new ideas and give them plenty and ample time to, you know, develop these ideas and again, make it a smaller studio so that you've got more work and other things that can be worked on by everyone else. Mm, okay, no, fair point. Same question to you, Scott. You know, is this is this acquisition a good thing? Because, you know, there has been lots of chat around reviving old IPs. Obviously, yeah, if you are a Call of Duty fan, kind of uh, reviving that franchise and, and not watch it sort of dive off the edge of a cliff and stuff. So, so in general, and I know it's a huge question, do you think it's a good thing? Yeah, I think so. Purely because, particularly on the Activision side, I think they're, they're essentially creatively bankrupt. Um, and I think this... 
uh, acquisition will hopefully help those developers actually create some games that they want instead of just mm -hmm. Call of Duty. And it'll hopefully give Blizzard um, the support and the finances that they need to kind of get back to the, the old Blizzard. Um, so I think ultimately, yes, obviously, if you're the PlayStation only owner, then you're probably thinking no at this point, which is absolutely fair. But I think that it will be a net positive overall. Mm, okay, no, fair point. And, and the same question to you, Luke. I know that's a huge coverall question, but um, is it a good thing in general? Um, I, I, I Yeah, uh, maybe. Uh, I think certainly from a... An Activision perspective, in terms of you know their their employees, I think it's really it's really good. Um, mm. I think it will have benefits for gaming more broadly if uh, Microsoft allow them to work on different things, you know, broaden the creative platforms of those teams and in Activision. Um, so uh, yeah, I think I think so. Uh, I think it I think it will be, and 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 most you know it's it's um it. It's a good. It's a big statement from Microsoft, right? And mm. if anything, it will spur you know the like Sony, Nintendo to not to respond in kind or anything like that, but to you know realize that that um, Microsoft. Are, I mean, if they haven't already, uh, really, really, really serious about trying to you know grow grow their own platform and the implications that has for for you know their own platforms, right? For Sony and mm. Nintendo, so. Um, hopefully that should all benefit us in the end um all, all of that and uh, if there was anyone i want to see acquire activision you know it, it would have been microsoft just because they've yeah. kind of consistently proven over the last few years that they are able to let development studios kind of do their own thing with mm. with oversight um but uh and, and that can only be good for, for those teams well i, I completely know. i completely agree i think out of everyone Microsoft, you know, people, you know, I, I remember VJ and I having this conversation at, on the on the show quite a few times around the the historic mistrust of Microsoft and stuff. And you know, we've had a few new generations come along since those sort of days. And you know, I'm not suggesting Microsoft are the good guys, but but the, I, I think this move is one that could have large potential benefits to the gaming industry in large i know obviously if you're sony or a playstation only owner it it, it wouldn't it might not necessarily be seen that way but but it's it's yet to be um seen how microsoft will handle exclusivity and stuff but i think for me personally the, the one thing that microsoft have done by this move is actually save activision and blizzard declining even further like you say with the harassment charges body bobby Kotick just refusing to go dis despite mounting pressure and, and the fact that he is quite clear that he knew um, a lot of what is alleged was going on uh, under his leadership and did nothing about it. Um, so, you know, to, to root out the rot from that, from Activision before it's got to such a point where it can't be rescued and all of its IPs, I, I think is a good thing. And like you say, under, uh, I quite like the term, uh, under Microsoft stewardship, um, it's quite nice to know or, or perhaps feel that they will allow those studios to, like you say, rescue them from the Call of Duty mines that they must feel like they're down, constantly churning out this this game that, that ideally love, but but can see it for all of its faults as well. Um, I'm quite pleased, and I'm just going to flash up on the screen yet again the, um, the sort of uh, org chart, as it were. Uh, bear with me. Uh, uh, there we go. So I'm quite pleased that they've still kind of siloed um, these uh, 
publishers out. So we've obviously got uh, Xbox Game Studios, Bethesda, and obviously Activision Blizzard, and then all of the studios that sit under those. I'm quite pleased that they haven't sort of homogenized it all into one big blob uh, uh, and everything like that. Do, do you think, Luke, just a very quick one, do you think you know Microsoft will actually allow these publishers and, and the devs to, to, to do what they want to do, like you say, but with just a guiding hand? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Does it um, does it actually give Microsoft a bit of a problem? Because imagine, imagine their launch schedule. Let, let you know, let, let's forward wind three years, and and all of these studios are firing on all cylinders, and you know, all, all of the new games are starting to come out. I mean, imagine having to line up the games and when they're going to drop and release and stuff. I mean, that's a bit of a nightmare <laughs> for their PR department, isn't it? <laughs> Um, maybe, although it's a bit like being, uh, you know, uh, Pep Guardiola and uh, <laughs> having to pick, you yeah. know, between yeah. the embarrassment of riches he has uh, on any given game, game day, you know. So I think it's a good problem for them to have. I mean, it, you know, look at where they are compared to a few years ago where they had essentially four in-house studios mm-hmm. and no projects being funded. I mean, it's it's absolutely bonkers. Um, you know, I, I remember thinking that, you know, you probably didn't need any more after they got kind of the 15 studio level, you know, mm. Um they had plenty there. I think that's so, that in uh, itself surprised yeah. the world, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, it's it's it it's great. I mean, it's great for them. It's great for us. You know, if you're if, if you're looking at, you know, I'd said on the Discord earlier. You know, half of these developers, and I just forget that micro. Yeah. Like, I just forget they exist. Mm. And then I'm like, oh, great. You know, Compulsion's next game's gonna come mm. at some point, or like Obsidian. You know, and and they they were the they're the old hotness now, and now it's all about um, Blizzard and Toys for Bob. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just it's just a bit mad, really. But uh, I think I think they'll leave them alone. Um, obviously, Activision less so than Bethesda, who were fine in terms of culture for the most part, apparently. So mm. um, you know, they'll let them get on with it. No, it's very interesting. And also, Scott, as part of it, the, well, there was two other announcements. Well, one announcement and, and one kind of went under the radar. The first one is Game Pass hitting 25 million subscribers, and we'll perhaps come on to that in a sec. But um, also the, 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 the change in job title for Phil Spencer, uh, and, uh, and they've dropped the Xbox kind of moniker, and, and he's now CEO of Microsoft Gaming. Is this um, yeah. a strategic move, do you think? I, I was really surprised to see them drop the, the Xbox part of this. Um, do you think calling him the Microsoft Gaming CEO is part of a, a future plan that they have? Because obviously Satya Nadella was talking about metaverse and things like that. And I know um, people are Oculus. I, I got myself an Oculus at Christmas and I've got to be honest, I can't put the bloody thing down. It is absolutely fantastic. I love VR. I do PC VR. I've played so many games. I absolutely love it to bits. And I, I actually think it's the future of gaming, but I'm sure we can have many arguments around the, the rights and wrongs of that. Um but yeah, do you think this is a strategic move to call it Microsoft Gaming rather than Xbox Gaming? Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at it, I think being head of Xbox is probably no longer appropriate when when you consider what they've now got because mm. Xbox or, or Microsoft Gaming isn't just Xbox; uh, it's now mobile with King. Um, it's not just Xbox Game Studios; it's Xbox Game Studios, Bethesda, and Activision. now Activision, yeah. Blizzard, Blizzard. Um, it's PC. Uh, it's obviously mm-hmm. cloud. It's it's mobile. It's soon going to be TVs uh, mm-hmm. in terms of Game Pass being on TVs. Uh, I should say so. Microsoft Gaming is probably is probably a better um, way to I guess describe what he's 
head of now because what they're doing and, uh, and where they're going with this, it goes beyond Xbox, which you, I mean, obviously you could say it's more than that, but it's essentially a box that you put under your TV. That is, he's head of more than more than just that. Um, so I don't think it's um, it's it's too much of a surprise to see them sort of split it out like that i guess mm. um one interesting side effect of that that i did read is it could actually lead to more transparency in terms of um uh revenue and maybe sales and things like that because mm -hmm. at the moment i think they're part of like uh they've i believe they may be grouped up with windows i'm not too sure kind of how they're reporting the financials is they're grouped up with something else so you can't exactly work mm. out what came from what um uh, I, I did read uh someone uh, obviously, it was just on Twitter, so deal with a grain of salt. Um, so that this could lead to uh, uh, more transparency in terms of how the Xbox, or sorry, Microsoft Gaming Division mm -hmm. is now doing it. It could also lead to more um, investor questions during those meetings. Uh, that could lead to more information around things like hardware sales or more um, uh, reveals regarding Game Pass subscribers and things like that in the future, which from our perspective will likely be be interesting. But yeah, I, th I think it's obviously um, a good move for Phil. I mean, you've got to remember this guy started as an intern at Microsoft how many years ago? Oh, he's got yeah. intern yeah. all the way up to CEO of Microsoft Gaming. So, you know, he, he's, he's had a really good bloody run at it. Um, and, and it's obviously well-deserved. You look at the turnaround from... Um, from just four or five years ago to, to where we are now. And it's, it's, it's like a completely different company. It's fantastic. And to be honest, you know, I, I was thinking this earlier, I was thinking, you know, Phil Spencer in his wildest dreams probably never thought that there would be a, a graphic, you know, produced like this on, on the screen and just with the amount of, of studios and, and not just the amount, but the actual kind of studios that they've managed to acquire as well. And obviously, you know, that's with a lot of support with um, Satya as well. And uh, it's just amazing. Just look, just very quickly before I come to you, Pugs, just look, is, is Microsoft Gaming a, um, a company in its own right now then that, that reports under the Microsoft umbrella? Uh, I don't think so. No, I think it'll be. Right. Um, I think it'll just be a division, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Um, it will, I mean, it will have its own Windows and things like that. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's stuff like that. Yeah, it will have its own separate uh, corporate entities and stuff. Mm. But it's it's a bit murky when you go into that. Um, so yeah, now I think it will, it will just be a separate division. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, Puxley, obviously, the other thing that was uh, um, mentioned was obviously Game Pass hitting twenty five million. Um, subscribers and to be honest it's the one thing that not many people are talking about because obviously it's been overshadowed somewhat I think 25 million for Game Pass has kind of been banded around before but you know I, I think lots of people were and I think we actually said it on this show we didn't think that Microsoft would uh, would actually publish the Game Pass figures for a long time because um, perhaps they weren't where the, the rumors uh, had mentioned that they were but but here we are 25 million subscribers that's quite a a massive increase. I think that's a 39% increase uh, year on year uh, to date. Yeah, I read this as well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a massively impressive number. Um, you know, uh, I'm guessing that, that you're in agreement, but, uh, I mean, surely this deal can only make that number get, you know, exponentially larger. Oh, 100%. And again, you know, going back from our previous conversations about, you know, the belief that, you know, in the near future, most of the IPs are going to become Xbox slash Game Pass exclusives, then... You know, it, one, it will probably be the only way you can play. But then, there's no, there's no losing scenario here, is there? For the most part, I mean, yes, 
you may have to, in some form, have access to a Game Pass platform. But, you know, that, I think that wording itself is this kind of testament to the strategy that Microsoft are doing, right? I'm not just talking about Xbox anymore, as we said on a few previous shows. And, you know, Scott just said it a minute ago, you know, that Game Pass is not just, you know, is it just going to be a small box you plug in? It's just, you know, all via cloud, or is it just going to be an app on your smart TV? There's going to be multiple ways to start accessing this content. So there's no real way you can lose mm. <laughs> as a consumer, I mean, for the most part. Unless you're a, unless you're a Nintendo or a PlayStation only gamer, I guess. Oh, of I mean, course, that's... yeah. Unless you're <laughs> unless you're hardcore in either of those audiences. Yeah. Um, I think for the most part, but most people aren't nowadays, though, are they? I think even even I as a kid had multiple. You know, I was fortunate enough to have multiple consoles, but it was it wasn't abnormal to to be that kid that had you know two out of three, for example. And I think mm. you know, it's, yeah, I yeah. think that's more the same now, isn't it? You know, yeah, you know, this you know younger gamers nowadays that yes, they have a either a ps5 or an xbox and a switch for example like that tends mm. to be the moniker that, that's going around and you know I, I don't see there's a problem with that you know people just you know people love those playstation exclusives and they want to you know and they want to get involved in that then that's you know it's perfectly fine this is just another option um and that but similarly with that you know interesting about the game pass comment i think a lot of people see that and they think oh yeah it's good growth you know but is it going to be sustainable is it going to happen and then, then people start throwing around the uh the arguments about oh who should now PlayStation acquire and you know it becomes like an acquisition war which I don't necessarily think is the right way to think about it but um yeah that seems I find it interesting that that is a narrative that seems people seem to take online but uh mm. I think with with the strategy overall yeah hundred percent I you know <laughs> just I think like if if for example you're going back to you know I don't want to bring back the whole Call of Duty topic but you know assuming that for the most part that does become exclusive for example then. And most of your fan, the Call of Duty fan base will naturally, for the most part, follow. Then that is a massive boom in your increase in subscriber counts, right? And again, even for the the casual game that hasn't got to worry about forking out seventy quid for whatever the game is, that's an extra subscriber in your pocket. And you know, I think I saw some comments earlier in the chat about are the prices going to go up, or you know, do we envision that they might go up at some point? And I suppose in the longer term, perhaps you know, once it all you know, once the deal is fully closed, full ownership is there, you know, all the understanding of what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, and when they're going to do it, it's all figured out. I, I would imagine maybe in time there might be a slight increase, but I can only really imagine that would probably be a, a minor increase due to things like, I don't know, the cost of running the, the servers and the system that supports Game Pass, because I think for the most part, the revenue stream is going to be coming from the games themselves as well as the subscriptions, if that makes sense. So mm. <laughs> there's no there's no losing here, I don't think. <laughs> it's only going to get better and better. Yeah, no. Just on the Call of Duty thing, Flav. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if you've seen. In, yeah, just seen. Yeah, chat. Mm. Yeah, there's been a there's been a tweet by Mr. Spencer while 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 you were chatting there, um, Pox, which is I think fairly fairly interesting actually, where he says, and I quote, "Had good calls this week with leaders at Sony. I confirmed our intent on our all existing agreements upon acquisition of Activision Blizzard." and our desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Sony is an important part of our industry, and we value our relationship. So going back to our earlier question, that, that, that's fairly... No, I, I no. see, here we go. I, I can throw some ambiguity in there. When, when he says Call of Duty, does he mean Warzone, or does he mean everything <laughs> you see what i'm saying because i yeah, think we was uh, we, you know we were we were quite unanimous that we all thought warzone was going to stay multi-plat but yeah but wandering darkness brought up as well you know in quotes on all existing existing agreements you know so you know yeah, but, once those but existing agreements yeah but that yeah and then there's enough clause where he says yeah, and, yeah. and, 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 and yeah. so yeah. that's a separate yeah. thing mm. 
Um, kind of goes yeah, it's an interesting. Playing, right? You know, PlayStation for the most part is where Call of Duty lives. So you know, and it's you know, it's one of the PlayStation fan base love that game, and you know, it's the most popular franchise there. So as as we said earlier throughout the show, all of us have kind of mentioned it that it makes sense that it does stay there, if, even if it's just for revenue for Xbox's sake. <laughs> okay, Luke, I, I've got one for you. I, I think it's mm. going to come on to the point you were going to raise, so I'll, I'll kind of ease you into it. Do, do you think this acquisition, particularly around Call of Duty, was was around getting people to subscribe into Game Pass or just generate cash in general? Oh, it's a $68 billion question, that one, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think it's, um, it's, it's a bit of both. Right? It's got, yeah. it has to be a bit of both. Yeah. Um, it makes sense for it to be a bit of both. Um, you know, uh, I think Warzone, for example, uh, pulls in something like $5 million a day yes, in revenue. Yep. Um, Microsoft will be very pleased with that. Uh, and keep that going and equally you know that's one revenue stream and then another is to continue to get people into to, to game pass and i don't actually think the you know the call of duty element i don't think is probably the leader of that if that makes any sense yep, um yep. i think they see call of duty is its own separate thing of this juggernaut which mm. can make money through so you know warzone like, can make like money minecraft Final basically Tiles, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's and that's exactly how I thought about um, Call of Duty when, you know, they they bought Activision or when they said they were going to buy them. Is it, it's it's more it's more of a ubiquitous worldwide title that kind of plays by its own rules, much in the same way that FIFA does, right? Or yeah, yeah. or even Grand Theft Auto uh, or Roblox. Um, so um, I think uh, I think they 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 see Call of Duty as really important, but not necessarily really important in growing game pass i think activision as a whole and blizzard they see is really important in growing game pass because it's just more content right it's lots more content to get people in the door and call of duty now and i don't mean that means some call of duty you know they'll keep it multi-platform going forward or make it exclusive i just think they see that that you know the, the franchise is just a a, a money maker and they mm. will do different things and with it and will look to exploit it in different ways. I don't think they certainly won't try and exploit it in the same way that Activision have because Activision are they have that there's that necessity for Activision to have to exploit, you know, uh, mm. Call of Duty yeah. in a way yeah. that's constantly bringing in revenue. Microsoft don't have those pressures. No. So um it's gonna be a bit different, I hope. And to be honest, that 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 for me, like again, as a Call of Duty fan, is the saving grace because, like you say, they they can ride out the peaks and troughs um, if they were to have to skip Call of Duty for a year because they got so much other yeah, revenue yeah. coming in as, as a division. And like you say, you know, they can ride yeah. that out and and hopefully reinvent the thing because the one thing that I did see, and again, as a Call of Duty player, is you know when when you see people and hear lots of people saying, "Oh yeah, I used to play Call of Duty, but I don't like it anymore," and I completely get that. But since this announcement. And, and perhaps some of the backpack Call of Duty titles may be coming to Game Pass. There's been lots of people saying, oh, I'd, I'd be keen to give Black Ops 2 a go or whatever. I know some of the older titles are absolutely broken at this point. But, you know, it would be interesting to see if, if the if the uh, uptake in Call of Duty in general, if it comes to Game Pass, particularly on back compact, can, can kind of re reignite some of the, the passion that people have obviously had for it in the past. Um, and like I say, if they can kind of reinvent it going forward so it isn't such a, a dirge and a churn, um, it'll be interesting to see going forwards. Um, 
I'm going to have to ask you, Scott. I'm going to have to ask you a dirty question, and I don't like asking it, oh, but we're going to have to. Oh, how, how, the, how the hell does Sony respond to this? Do, do they respond? Are, are they are they on the ropes at the moment? Are they sort of sucker punch thinking, crikey, what the hell do we do next? Or or do you think, you know, that, that their plans are still robust uh, and that Spartacus is coming along and, and that, you know, they're just going to stick to their, to their agenda? I've seen a lot of... Um hot takes shall we say on Mm. what sony need to do and ultimately if you look at it this way microsoft once they acquire um activision blizzard in terms of gaming revenue will still be behind sony yes despite that 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 acquisition they'll still be behind them it puts them third behind sony doesn't it it does yeah and then top is 10 cents so you're yeah. currently selling ps5s at a faster rate than they did ps4s which sold 115 <laughs> million or so consoles uh they can't make them fast enough they're coming into 2022 when they've got horizon forbidden west in february they've got grand Turismo 7 later in the year and god of war um ragnarok later in the year as well potentially i mean at least if it, if it comes on schedule um I, I, no, I, I honestly don't don't think so. Twenty twenty two could possibly be one of Sony's best years ever, especially if a game like Final Fantasy sixteen hits. So I don't see them responding in. I don't. I don't think they need to respond, especially if you not know, based on Phil Spencer's tweet. There, Call of Duty is going to continue being on PlayStation because um, they're still going to be raking in the money off um, Call of Duty as well as their you know outrageously talented first party teams. Um, what I think you will see is they'll continue what they've been doing recently, which is making small targeted acquisitions to mm-hmm. um, build up the first party studios. Um, maybe in response, what we might see is a doubling down of trying to make more Japanese content um, like uh, Persona, Final Fantasy, continue to just strengthen the relationships with those publishers and developers to ensure that content remains exclusive to, to PlayStation. I personally don't think we'll ever see another Final Fantasy on an Xbox console ever again right. okay. um mm-hmm. uh, except for maybe years 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 down the line um because i think sony will want to double down on those relationships and ensure that if you want to play those types of games that playstation's the console that that, that you're going to have to do but i don't think they're going to go out and buy ubisoft not that they would want to or yeah no, again no. probably not that they would want to um I, I think we'll see them making small acquisitions um, of maybe smaller developers that they've that they've started to build relationships with. Um, I think it was at Jade Raymond's studio mm-hmm. is at Haven. Um, yeah, they've obviously made a publishing agreement with them. Uh, there's the team of Call of Duty developers that they're um, publishing their first game. Um, I, I think if those games are successful, you might see those sort of bought by Sony. I don't see being anything on the level of this. Um, not because they can't. Uh, just more because they don't need to, uh, and they may not necessarily want to, especially considering how good their existing first-party uh, studio lineup is. Yeah, it's it's an interesting take, and like you say, you know, I think everyone's kind of assuming, well, what are Sony going to do next? And perhaps perhaps they do nothing next. You know, they they carry on with what they're doing. I, I don't I don't think Sony will enjoy um, being. Um, they may feel slightly vulnerable to one of their largest franchises being owned by the competition, should we say, in Call of Duty, that could, that, that you know, that, that Microsoft could yank off of them at any moment. I, I don't know if there would be sort of deals set up around that. I'm not really sure uh, if, if they're, and uh, perhaps Luke, you can comment on that. Could, could Sony set up a deal and actually pay Microsoft to keep Call of Duty on their platform? 
yeah they could i mean if microsoft mm. wanted to do it as well yeah yeah um yeah. i think it's yeah i mean i think i think you can see by um some of the community response and then also you know spencer's tweet and uh, i think sony made a comment about it you know that mm. there is i think you're right in that sony probably will feel a bit uncomfortable about it mm. um i think it's almost fortunate i guess that phil spencer's running this so if there was ever an opportunity <laughs> to do a deal for the benefit of gamers then yeah you know it's full you know if it's don matrick you wouldn't have a chance <laughs> right it would just be off PlayStation we wouldn't we wouldn't be, be in this situation that's for sure yeah no we wouldn't no so um so um i think they'll be i think they'll be re i think scott was pretty much bang on i mean look they're that that they're still second in game revenue even after this and um their revenue is only going up right it's not you know what i mean like it, they, they are making a ridiculous amount of money yeah. um and they they just see stuff in a different way i mean not they're clearly changing they're evolving you know they're they're kind of pokemon phase two now where they're kind of looking at it and going okay well there's money to be made on PC, you know, we need to balance that. There's money to be made in subscription service, we need to balance that. Um, and, you know, I don't think they'll make any knee-jerk acquisitions. They, ha I mean, if you look at the studio, apart from basically Nixus, if you look at who they've bought, it's been, you know, um, developers they've worked with for years who have all made exclusive PlayStation content, who they're very familiar with, have great relationships with. Um, I think they'll continue doing that, you know, they'll, they'll they'll look at developers like that i don't think they'll go out they could go out and buy a ubisoft or an ea you know if they really wanted to but i don't i don't really think they're that interested in it i, I don't think, I think, it think it would generate the, to... it would generate the same amount of cash for them i don't think no i mean you know there, there's something to be said maybe if they bought ea i think yeah with fifa perhaps amount yeah. of cash with yeah. fifa yeah but um but the other ones, if there was any publisher that I would think they would seriously consider buying, um, it would probably be someone like Square Enix because yeah, they yeah. have that relationship with them. Hmm. Um, it's kind of a cultural fit. Yeah. Um, it would make sense. It wouldn't actually, it wouldn't be as much money as the others. Um, but I, I can't see it happening. I think they're very happy to go out and, you know, make exclusive deals, uh, you know, for games or content and, hmm. and just pick up, you know, your blue point and your house mark and your deviation, uh, your fire sprite and, and all those kind of developers right um and just grow it kind of bit by bit um they started off you know from a really good base of great first party studios and they'll just want to keep adding to that so mm -hmm. yeah i don't i don't think they're going to be lying awake at night thinking what, what the hell is going to happen they'll just take it as it comes i read a no. comment about um as uh, sony acquiring um square enix which was mm. that'll be like paying your wife for sex which seems quite <laughs> um and honestly i think take two would maybe be more um likely mainly because they've got that relationship with, with square enix where i don't think it'll be necessary but if they got someone like take two um they would obviously yeah, have yeah. well first of all grand theft auto would obviously be the biggest yeah. thing there but they would obviously now have zinger if it was part of that not that i'm saying that that's likely to happen but it kind of doesn't no, feel no, necessary to go after square enix realistically no. because you know, they're, they're yeah. already in bed with each other that much i guess the fear would be they would want to avoid a situation where exactly acquired by, uh, I, I would probably think 10 cent would be more, more likely 10 to acquire square yeah. than microsoft but obviously that would be yeah. the, the fear wouldn't it 
Mm. Yeah, and I think that's an important point is I don't think Sony will do anything now, but if if Microsoft started going for someone else, you know, significant, then they would probably hit the panic button a bit and want to, you know, that then the sweeping consolidation of all the game industry begins. So uh, if it hasn't already. So um yeah, I, I think um they won't be buying any big publisher or anything like that. They'll they'll kind of ride it out and, and just do what they're doing. It's they're very successful, so they don't really have to worry about it. You know, much like Nintendo, right? They're just well. Funny you should say that. Uh, I was going to start wrapping the show up now because I know, Puxley, you've got to move on. So we'll try and wrap up the show if I can. But I was going to end on Nintendo. And I was just going to probably, I'll ask all of you, but I'll start with you, Luke, if that's it. What what do you think Nintendo make of this? Do you think this is just a great spectator sport for them? Or do you think they're actually looking over their shoulder slightly thinking, right, okay, the landscape of gaming is is vastly changing. Are we still relevant in the next five years do, do, do you think they're ever no sort of thoughts or are they just happy sort of chugging along doing what they do uh i think they are uh not interested in this at all uh yeah. they probably gave it one glance over uh on on bloomberg and were like okay cool uh let's go <laughs> on with it i, think, I mean it affects them in no it. way does it not really no they they occupy a very unique space in gaming mm-hmm. um they're kind of almost infallible at this point. You, you, you can't really envisage a world where Nintendo don't do well in some capacity. They have probably an even broader audience than Sony and Microsoft combined, complete with probably a, a, a you know a more famous brand recognition, uh, certainly across their IP. Mm. So they'll always make money. You know, they just have to do what. what what they do right and that's and i know some people get really frustrated at that um because it's like well no we want you know people are like oh we really want powerful hardware from nintendo and 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 i kind of do um but i just want really good nintendo games uh and they'll continue to do those so um yeah i think they're fine i think in well gaming revenue they may be like fourth fifth something like that um and they've not if, if you look at that what have they actually done um <laughs> that's particularly revolutionary yeah. the last few years yeah. they haven't really done anything they've not really made any big moves so uh they're still doing very well that'd be fine no exactly well I- i'm gonna round the show up there because puxley i'm conscious you've got to dive off soon but we did we did run a poll um is the microsoft acquisition of activision blizzard a good thing for gaming in general and, and it, on the panel we all came to the conclusion yes and out of 24 votes votes 91 percent overwhelmingly said yes they thought it was a good good move for gaming in general obviously we're slightly biased we are an xbox centric channel but there are plenty of multi-platform gamers out there including pc i mean we span all of them now don't we because like i say i've got uh, oculus quest so we've got vr mobile gaming just one quick one puxley uh king i think uh candy crush actually makes more money than call of duty um do you do you play oh, yeah. candy crush I don't. Yeah. I never really have done, but I am aware that it makes some of the biggest money on mobile platforms ever. So, yeah, yeah, that is one big, one hell of a win as well. And again, we've not really had much time to talk about it, but maybe we will do in the near future. But yeah, that is that's a massive bonus in Microsoft's bank. 
Yeah, you know, this isn't a one-off show. You know, there's the 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 conversations and and the fallout and rumbling is going to be going on for a long time. And a little bit like Phil's comment on tweet, there's going to be lots of like, well, does he mean Warzone? Does he mean Call of Duty in general? Does he just mean for the you know for the for the for the deals that have been signed? You know, there's going to be a lot of that. I think if Xbox are clever, they'll probably keep it ambiguous on purpose. But um, yeah, there's going to be lots of questions over the coming weeks, and it's such an exciting time to be a game in general particularly an xbox gamer if you own game pass and obviously particularly if you quite like call of duty games as well um gentlemen crew gpg crew thank you so much for this for this show uh, obviously our first show on a thursday um very very grateful for for your inputs and um yeah it's it's good to be doing what we do again puck scott luke thank you for being here my friends um chat thank you very much as well i think we peaked at around 25 viewers which is fantastic really grateful for that like i say new night of the week for us so people aren't used to the to the new regime hoping we might be able to bring in some more um some more viewers seeing as it's uh, not a weekend and chat you've been fantastic as always hundreds and hundreds of messages lots of to and fro in obviously a, a very very hot but interesting topic and, and and we're going to be able to have so much fun with this over the coming weeks months and, and hopefully not years but um yeah thank you very much everyone for being here um we will be hopefully doing this again next thursday i, I doubt very much we're going to have a bombshell to talk about <laughs> quite like this week's show although like i say this one was probably going to be um be going on as well so um thank you very much everyone safe gaming um hope you have a great time we'll see you in a week's time and yeah we'll see you on the next one